This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. That's the place to go, and all the features are completely free so enjoy them on us. We had a bug that took over the website uh, the last couple days that was preventing people from actually submitting their stories. Because the, the idea behind the brand new Free Talk Live site is that if you've got something that you think is interesting as far as a news item or maybe it's just a personal rant or something like that, uh, blog post, you can post it up on our site and then other listeners can vote it. They can vote it up or they can vote it down, and uh, the most popular stories will be voted to the front page of freetalklive.com. Unfortunately, for the last 24 hours or so, you've been unable to submit your story. So apologies about that. Should be fixed. That should be working now at freetalklive.com. We, of course, have a lot to talk about with you. If you want to take control of the airwaves, you're welcome to at 800-259-9231. Start things out with a quick, uh, quick news story, a little bit of good news to start things out tonight. And then maybe we'll jump into some emails or do some uh, do some soapbox calls. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. But the news from the Drug War Chronicle at StopTheDrugWar.org is that Seattle's new city attorney has better things to do than prosecute pot smokers. He said January 14th, city attorney Pete Holmes announced he was dismissing all marijuana possession cases, starting with those filed by his predecessor, Tom Carr, whom Holmes defeated in November. He said he dismissed two cases his first day on the job and several others are about to be dismissed. Tell me where this is again. Seattle, Washington. Okay. This guy, and it's it's pretty rare that. You actually get to say that a prosecutor is doing something heroic, but in this <laughs> case, would be rare, wouldn't it? I mean, to be fair, sometimes they actually prosecute real criminals. But all across the country, prosecutors are loading their plate up with. But that is their job is to prosecute criminals, and and one would uh, think that you know using discretion like this, I think that that's really the, the you know the mark of somebody who's doing a good job is using using some kind of discretion, Absolutely. critical thinking. Absolutely. And it's part of their it should be part of their job to look at the laws that are being presented to them by the legislators and say, yeah, that one's not constitutional. So I won't be prosecuting that. At the very least, this one's more important than that one. I mean, the laws are the the laws in the books. One would uh, they would have you believe that all of them are the same in value and and that kind of thing as far as we must arrest people. But there's all kinds of laws in the book, books that are just ludicrous. You can, you know, in New Hampshire, I believe you cannot uh, use the, uh, a man can't use the restroom while looking up on Sunday. Mm. Uh, are they enforcing that law? No, they're not. They're not even attempting to. Uh, you can't. Right. Uh, I believe that it's a New Hampshire law also, and I'm just picking this because I happen to know them. That you can't put anything in a milk container. Say after you drank it, you can't shove your garbage in it. It's against right. the law. They're not enforcing these. Why? Because they're stupid. But they do enforce, well, marijuana possession, things like that. Exactly. And it's a burden on the system. It costs, it's a tremendous burden on the system. It costs a lot of money to, to prosecute and to imprison these people. And if you go and you sit in and on arraignment, for instance, on a, a Tuesday or Monday morning, you'll see just pers- person after person waiting to, in many cases, cut a deal uh, with, the, with the state because they've been charged with something asinine like marijuana possession yeah. or open container or something like that. And, and normally they, they, the, the prosecutors eat this stuff up because 
because it looks good on their career resume because then, you know, they can move on to whatever comes after that. I don't know, attorney genital or something like that, where wherever prosecutors go from there, maybe a, a career in uh, elected politics. Uh, although, I, excuse me, this guy was actually elected. Some places they do that, some places they don't. It right. all depends. Uh, so in this case, he's actually doing something right, and that is refusing to prosecute all 100% of marijuana possession cases. Uh, there's a little more to the story. He says, we're not going to prosecute marijuana possession cases anymore, said Holmes. I meant it when I said it during the campaign. Holmes Criminal Division Chief Craig Sims added he's reviewing an additional 50 cases. Barring out-of-the-ordinary circumstances, he said the prosecutor's office does not intend to file charges for marijuana possession. Although voters in pot-friendly Seattle approved a 2003 initiative making marijuana the lowest law enforcement priority, former city attorney Carr was still prosecuting pot busts. In the last half of 2008, his office handled 81 marijuana-related arrests, with Carr dismissing 21 and filing charges in 60 others, including 20 where pot possession was the only charge in the first half of 2009. So this this guy, um, the elected official here, just decided after there was a referendum by the voters that, eh, I don't feel like doing that. Yeah. Now, isn't that the same as this guy saying, uh, well, in this in this case, the voters actually spoke, but imagine if this guy said, well, I, on his own, I just don't want to go after pot possessors. And that, that's what I was thinking was going on here initially. It's, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Wait, what's the same thing? Well, the, the his predecessor said, no, I'm not going to do, um, I'm not going to do what the voters want. want. Right. In this case... Um, you know, if somebody or not in this case, but if in an imaginary case where somebody just got in and decided, well, I'm not going to uh, prosecute pot possession, it would seem like they were doing less uh, sort of thinking on their own and damage than uh, than this guy was, than the, the the previous one, Carr was. Holmes' change of policy comes amidst a climate increasingly favorable to marijuana reform in Washington state. A state assembly committee held hearings on a pair of decriminalization and legalization bills last week. They were defeated in committee, unfortunately, this week. So. Eh, it doesn't look like it's going to be decriminalized statewide in Washington anytime soon. But if you can keep getting people like uh, Pete Holmes in the prosecutor's office around the state, then it doesn't matter what the legislators do. It matters to a little bit because you, you're on this tenuous ground as to whether or not you know where you are and, and whether they're going to give it. You know, this this guy may be consistent, but the, the next prosecutor may not. I mean, this this car fellow that preceded him in one four, one quarter of the cases, he decided not to prosecute. But in three quarters, he did. Right, but this new guy is not prosecuting in any of them. Right. One and county, so, man. Seattle is a big city. It's I mean, a big city, it seems sure. like he'd likely to get a re- uh, to reelected with the with the policy like sure, that. Sure. That's going to make him pretty popular. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's a little bit of good news coming out of uh, someplace here in the United States. I'd like to do bring uh, bring that to you when it's available, and uh, wish it were available more often. Let's go to the amp lines. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. This is the Christian Anarchist. Gene, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I wanted to tell you about a uh, a good uh, experience I had with a company, and this doesn't happen very often, so I think it's worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, they sell a product that probably most of your people won't be interested in, but there might be some guys out there that work on cars and do customizations and stuff like that. I did some modifications to my truck a couple years ago, so I had to buy an aftermarket electronic control module to control my transmission because it's a you know electronic shifting transmission and there's a company called powertrain solutions and their website's powertrainsolutions.com so i bought this thing about two and a half years ago uh everything was working fine then i wound up with a problem lately with a i think it's one of the 
sensing units on the engine. But anyway, I put my computer up, hooked my computer up to it because it connects to a laptop through a USB, and you can change all of the uh, settings on it. So it's infinitely variable uh, settings that you can put in there for your transmission. Hmm. And I, it, it, because it's been two and a half years, there was an upgrade for the ROM. And in the process of upgrading the ROM, it bricked the controller. So oh, no. the controller wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't function any longer. So I called them on Tuesday, and they said, uh, first of all, they said, uh, well, you'll, you'll have to send it in to us. So I called them on Monday, and there was no mail on Monday, so I was going to mail it on Tuesday. But they said, there's no way that we can fix it. They helped me over the phone to the extent they could, and they said, well, you're going to have to mail it in. And I said, okay, well, it's been two and a half years since I bought it. How much is this going to cost me? Mm. And he said, well, in the five years, yeah. But he says in the five years he's worked there, he has never seen anybody charged for a repair. And I said, wow, really? I said, okay. So I mailed it away on Tuesday. On Thursday, I got a call from the guy. He's got it on the bench. He's fixed the problem. And he wanted me to send him by email my uh, calibration file for my transmission so he can load that back on there. And then when I get it back, all I got to do is plug it back into my transmission. I'm ready to go. Now, this is the kind of customer service that we don't see anymore. And I just wanted to give them kudos because I am so impressed by this company's customer service. And uh, they did it on the house. Yep. That's pretty fantastic. I think it's great. Well, that's it's a, an expensive controller, but I, right. the customer service makes it worth it. That's fantastic. What was the name of the company again? Powertrain Control Solutions. There you go for all you car heads out there. Uh, take that one. Thank there you, Gene, for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Car heads. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. I think you're looking for Motorhead. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include stuff like our, well, our um, our, <laughs> our archives, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, there's good news about the uh, the Free Talk Live archives. They're now going back for two years. You can, if you click on our podcast, and we're going to expand it beyond that soon. It's in the works right now. But now you can get direct download archives via our podcast all the way back to the beginning of 2009. So I guess it's not a technically it's not technically a full two years, but as 2010 fills out, it will become a full two years of archives in our in our podcast. So from here on out, we're just basically everything from January 2009 is available to, uh, to people for download. Is that the idea? That's correct. At least through the end of 2010, uh, then, then we may move it forward. Then it'll be a, another two. two it'll be a two year block at all times, and we're going to put. Uh, we've got back to most of 2006 that we're going to make available it's not quite ready yet so we're still working on that behind the scenes but as of right now if you click the uh, free talk live podcast link at freetalklive.com 
then uh, you'll be able to get access to at least a year and a month's worth of uh, archives right there all in the same podcast, which is uh, – that's a big change for Free Talk Live. I mean, Free Talk Live has always had the last six shows available via podcast, and now we're talking about hundreds Oh, so these are via MP3. Shows. This isn't some kind of BitTorrent thing? No, this is direct download archives. I don't know what that available. means. That doesn't mean anything to me, direct download. Meaning you click and download it. You don't oh. go through a torrent or anything like that. You just get – Whatever ones you want to get. I want everyone to stop and think for a moment. What other radio show does this for you? There's, you, there's got to be some other show out there. Maybe. maybe I, I don't they, know. Is it one of the? It's not one of the big boys. The big boys say you want our show, you're going to have pay to pay. Up. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what they give for archives or anything like that, but good lord, this yeah. is two years. Well, going on, um, working on two years of free direct MP3 download. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be uh, it's gonna be most of 06, 07, 08, and all all of everything from I think the middle of April of 06 is gonna be up on our Why site. Why that time? For whatever reason, that's when they're available from our our provider. So uh, it's great. It's great news. I mean, this is a big deal, and you don't have to deal with the torrents anymore. The torrents are still out there, but I figure once we can go back to 06 with uh, just clickable downloads, then there's no real point in supporting the torrents anymore. Yeah. Uh, because the torrents are really slow. If you click a torrent and you, you get one of our torrents, there's only like two or three people seeding those at any given time. So it takes a while to download uh, from the torrents. Whereas this is, uh, it's seeded, as these, these files are served up by our podcast provider, Libsyn. And I've never found another podcast provider that can serve out files as fast as Libsyn. Faster than they, S through a goose. They come fast. So uh, so enjoy that now. It's available right now through the podcast at freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to Jordan in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jordan. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, me and my friend, uh, well, my friend is actually a huge fan of Free Talk Live, and uh, we were just listening on his computer, and he told me that people can call up and ask any question that they wanted. Pretty much. And so... And you can say anything you want, too. You don't have to ask a question. Throw a fastball at you. All right, right. go for it. (laughs) Fastball. Um, And this is a discussion I have with many friends. Well, first of all, I'm a man of many beliefs, but this is a discussion I have with many of my friends who are of varying beliefs. Um, And that is, um, how can humanity possibly uh, evolve um, into a better species, if you will? Um, and, and is religion a, a, a definite factor of that? Do we need some form of religion or spirituality, or do we need to jettison it? Well, that's a good – it's a very good question. Yeah, it uh, is. A it, couple it, of questions in there. And how can mankind evolve? Well, I think that it's pretty much inevitable that that's going to happen. It's either going to exterminate itself or it's going to evolve uh, and I, I would like to uh, to lean toward the side of, uh, of evolution. I well, I think that there'll be some level of evolution okay. in that the, uh, the the races will mix down to what they call a seven foot the seven foot gray theory, which is that uh, man will uh, will continue to get taller because protein will be more red- readily available and nutrition will be better and better. Right. And uh, all these tall Asian kids now with short pants. Right, some, something like that. And and um and and also of course the races will mix and that's that's what the terminology they're using for gray. So, but I don't know. As far as evolve goes, the terminology is, 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 is from a scientific standpoint. There isn't any evolution that's going on at this point. We're saving all of the, um, pretty much everybody. You know, the what what nature would eliminate is now being saved and um, right. you know, introduced into the gene pool. So, from a standpoint of evolution, from a natural state, I don't think that that's true. However, I do think that things evolve uh, otherwise. 
and meaning that um, technology gets better, our right. understanding of our world and universe uh, is increasing. So we build. So so we're going to build better humans as time goes by in the same way that now it's not acceptable to own chattel slaves like they did you know i guess the civil war pretty much ended it uh in in what in the western world um not that the civil war ended it but that's like the the south was the last holdout in a lot of places um for a lot of sort of uh, western places and um so i mean you know humans are getting better at dealing with other humans and i think we'll do that over time uh do, do you think that religion is a huge important part of that. I think I in many ways. What I, was asking. Well, I think in many ways religion, and I'm inclu- when I talk about religion, I'm including the religion of statism, and that is, you know, the belief that the state is uh, important and necessary and beneficial. Uh, the, these re- uh, that religious belief, as well as many other religious belief systems, I think are inhibiting to uh, to people's evolution. Right, exactly, because they're not being able to think. Freely, I guess, is the real point. Right. Well, we were talking uh, about this on our uh, extended show last night, which you can grab over at freetalklive.com. We had an we did an hour extra after our radio show was over, and we talked about Quakerism and how uh, it's different I've from uh, from a lot of the other religions out there. In that, the one of the tenets, as I understand it, and I'm certainly newer at this than Mark is, but so Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the tenets is that the Quakers follow their inner light. There's not some sort of external book or preacher that they uh, that they look to to give them answers about what life is about. They to some extent, to they do that, but but more so, it's um, the, the 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 belief of the religion is sort of like you follow yourself and where God leads you from. Well, there the aren't preachers in, in no. at least in the Quaker Church we go but to. But there are people that write books. Uh, but well, there are different books, but not, not there's no one of them that is held up as the book, right? There is Lots no. Lots of Quakers like the Bible. The but there is no the Quaker book, right? Um, they have a what they call faith and practice, which is a book that they publish. But anyway, I want to go back to to what the the gentleman's talking about. Well, that's what I am oh. talking about. What he's talking about, and that is that. I, if you if you have a doctrine that you're adhering to, then you aren't making decisions for yourself. So you can't if you're if you're basing your decisions and your choices on some set of strictures that has been handed down from on high, then you aren't uh, you you aren't able to evolve correctly. I think, and I think that a lot of religions uh, prohi- prohibit that. Evolution. Doesn't allow for innovation. Right. So so is it possible to be religious and a scientific rational person at the same time? I I think that uh, I think it I, I think the possibility exists. I certainly haven't managed to find that uh, that that very um, you know, a very thin line that one can uh, walk on that. And I I don't have any problem with people that are atheists unless they're evangelical, which is the biggest problem right. I have with religious people. Um, right, it's extreme. Yeah, and, and you know I I just don't you know if you can share your ideas with me, but once it's gone past a certain point, like I'm not interested anymore. Let me co- so. let's come back with more if you don't mind. You want to come back? Uh, we'll bring you back here in moments, Jordan. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, religion, evolution, whatever you want to talk about, can the two be uh, found together? I think so. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. 
This is Free Talk Live. And you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And if you are a lady listener, you can get involved at shrine.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series is complete. You can read it for free at peaceprosper.com. And help Ben Woods, that's the author of uh, peaceprosper.com and Freedom Engineer, uh, construct Catalixia at peaceprosper.com. All right, we continue. I think Jordan is still with us in California. Are you there, sir? Yes, I am. All right, Jordan. You'd called in with uh, some good questions about evolution and religion and whether or not the you know the two can coexist. And I think that it de- the answer is it depends on the religion and and how uh, oppressive, uh, repressive, if you will, that the religion is toward people and allowing them to choose for themselves. And I think that there are some religions that are open-minded and that uh, are completely compatible with evolving. And then there are more repressive and regressive religions that are going to hold people back. Um, So I think that's that's my answer. I guess my it's Jordan, right? Yeah, Uh, Jordan. What's your answer to the questions you asked? And uh, let me try to you. um, I'll let you try to restate them rather than I. I might uh, stumble. Uh, uh, The the restate the question. I was well. I guess it stems from because I have conversations with uh, all of my friends sometimes about these deep subjects, and I always seem to be arguing for the other side of what they're talking about. Um, because I, I do, I am a spiritual or religious person, if you will, but I'm also uh, a rational, analytical person. So, what do you and, think? Uh, do, you, do you think it's not possible? You think it is possible? You just find yourself kind of stuck in between. I do think it's possible, but I, I, I just wonder um, how free do our minds have to be before we find the 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 answer. Um, Which answer? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, are we going to? Uh, I don't know. I guess that's that's the question, right? <laughs> so, is religion? Do you think religion is a doorway? Do you, do you think it's possible religion's a doorway to uh, a level of ed- ed- evolution? I'm not saying every religion um, or ever every spiritual belief, but you think it's possible that spiritual belief might be a a door doorway? Well, I guess take the example of G- of Jesus, for example. Um, I, I I I care more about the idea, the essence behind. Jesus, and not really whether he was a man or not. Mm, I agree um, with that. I think that the example in general, the concept of Jesus is very, very positive, you know, where loving people right, and forgiving people. love and compassion. Yeah, and, and uh, turning the other cheek and forgiveness and, and compassion. Right. I think that's something that everybody should look to uh, to emulate, but, you know, that then the Christians will say, well, if you don't believe in Jesus and if you don't accept him as your savior, then you're going to hell. And that's where it goes off. Well, no, no, the, not, know, every, Christian will, not right. every Christian will say that. So well, a lot okay, of them will. The, the standard Christian line is that, right? Well, that's the one you hear because those, yeah. um, the people that are uh, you know, the, 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 the biggest proponents ones. are usually the, the farthest to the fringe. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, those are the, more, those are the most outspoken ones, the yeah. evangelical Christians, if you will, um, who just want to pound Jesus into you. Yeah, right. Take Jesus, be scared, and you need Jesus. If you're not scared, you're not saved. You know, fear the Lord. And I I just don't need a God that I'm scared of. Thanks. 
Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, uh, I find that I, I find that the, the the story that they give maybe that was fine for a different uh, eon or different generation of people, where. Um, you know that that God, if you don't believe what what it is that God has put in His holy book, this is the story, right? I don't believe that this is true. Um, the, the the if you don't believe what He puts in this this book of His, that you're going to hell and eternal damnation for the rest of your life. But He is your loving Father. I find those things to be too right. contradictory. Uh, like I I don't Wait, think He's going to punish me forever, right. but He loves me eternally. What? Right. <laughs> right. This God, this God of theirs, uh, uh, you know that they that that that, 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 that sort of melds with this story sounds worse than the worst pedophilic. Uh, you know, stepfather uh, scenario that you can come up with. Right. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna torture you for the rest of your it, it, eternal life. You you can't even get out of it a thousand years from now. You won't be done. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So exactly. the other question you asked, Jordan, uh, what I what I wanted to dig into a little bit more was, can you be scientific and uh, religious or spiritual all at once? And you're saying that right. you believe that you are. Is that right? Yes. Um. Um, and, and I guess uh, the, I guess I guess the saying that I that I always tell people is that I I took the morals and and the spirituality from religion and jettisoned the dogma, basically. I like that um, though. I would I would say that there are certain people out there listening to this program. Maybe they consider themselves atheists. Uh, that uh, and skeptics that will look at that and say, "There's no way you can be both scientific and religious at the right, same time." Exactly. And I think that that's probably, you know, when you really want to nail it down, it's it's probably a true statement because at some point, your know, religious belief has to come from your observations and what you believe to be true, which hopefully will be based on your observations of life and the the world around you. Right. But they aren't necessarily based on the scientific method, and they aren't necessarily based on you know scientific studies because there are certain matters, matters of right. uh, the Eternal consciousness, matters. right? Matters of consciousness and matters of uh, spirit, if you want to use that term, uh, that just at this point cannot be studied by science, and so therefore, if you want to go go into that realm, you're going to just have to step in there and and leave this the science behind, I think, to some extent. I think that's the honest way, for me at least, to answer that question. And I think most scientists right. would agree with that. Most scientists do not want to delve into the areas of, um, you know, the, the deepest areas of religion. You know, they'd be happy to talk to you about whether or not, uh, you know, the Noah's Ark story is true or, you know, the things that could be sort of provable or, or, or not provable. However, they don't, you know, they're, they're not going to go into the areas of whether God exists or something. Right. And you know what? Most of the atheists that I know, they're pretty damn good people. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm not not saying anything bad about them because they're atheists. Or they're, they're usually very good people. Mm-hmm. Well, they're people I can relate to. I mean, I was I considered myself an atheist for you know the bulk of my adult life. Only recently, Me too. only recently came to uh, you know to, to believing in uh, pantheism as as my particular uh, belief system, and it, I find that uh, I like that because it to me is more empowering. And one of the interesting things is when you start looking at science. And there's a there's a neat movie out there called What the Bleep Do We Know, which I really enjoyed when I saw it. Oh, and I've it, seen that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, and it and it talks about, and I'm sure the science uh, skeptics out there will will start picking it apart uh, bit by bit. But nonetheless, they start they talk about quantum physics and some of the uh, experiments that have been done in quantum physics, and how essentially science is now finally proving true what many, uh, for instance, Eastern mystics have uh, been been saying is true for uh, for hundreds 
hundreds of years. And so they're saying that uh, energy and stuff like that. Yeah, well, they're just the way that uh, quantum uh, physics uh, works. Some of the interesting things like where uh, – I don't know. I'm not well-versed in it, right? I've only I've got a cursory understanding of it. But uh, the, the, there's How that sub- – Subatomic current particles will react to actually being viewed. Yeah, that was the one I wanted to talk about. Right. There's a term for that uh, where – the consciousness itself can affect the environment. Yeah, where the, the viewer is the one who's affecting the outcome, essentially, simply by choosing right. to look. And to me, that's a very uh, – quantum physics and what I've learned about it, the basics that I understand, is very empowering. And, and it backs up a lot of the uh, kind of you know, law of attraction slash universal uh, mystical metaphysical uh, law of viewpoints. Attraction. A lot of people are into that now, yeah. That are out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's hip. It's kind of fun, and if nothing else, it'll make you uh, be better. You know, could could make you better at your job if applied properly, like make right. you better at your job and things like that. In the proper spirit, if you will. Yeah. So, Jordan, any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, you know what? I, I uh, you guys went above and beyond my expectations. Thank you for talking to me. I've never done this before. I really appreciate it. You well, did thanks. well. Do it again sometime. It was a good conversation. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, the quicker so you can't say sir, right? I, that was yeah. a mistake. Yeah, that's gen- general. Well, I mean, you, you don't respect one person over another. Sir indicates gender as opposed to uh, madam, right? And uh, so, you know, one might. So one- if I call everybody sir, then it's okay? Uh, it would probably be best to just say thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I re- the first time I was on the radio, like uh, Jordan there, I just about passed out, so he did really good. Yeah, he did. All right. There's more coming up here, plus Luther will be joining us as well for the remainder of the program. 800-259-9231. That is the phone line. You may take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Issues, theology, anything goes. Take control. It is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including our Shred of Female listeners, the live streams, archives, and more. We give it all away. And we ask your voluntary support. You can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop, even used items to save you a few extra bucks. If you're buying brand new, of course, you'll likely get free super uh, super saver shipping on a whole bunch of the brand new items over there. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get your shopping done, and help Free Talk Live all at the same time. The public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people, and whether public education succeeds or fails, spoiler alert, it fails, (laughs) <laughs> at providing real, I see it's a little joke, a real education to the public, the cost goes up and up every year. There are no refunds. Oh, and it destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. Schoolsucksproject.com. All right, we continue with your phone calls about what you want. Going to Frank, listening to WCER in Canton, Ohio. Hello, Frank. Hi, fellas. Hey, hey uh... I believe in one God, and I'm born-again Christian, but doesn't it make more sense, you know, you fellas, one of you fellas is pantheistic, doesn't it make more sense to believe in one God than many gods? 
I think pantheistic pantheistic doesn't mean uh, a belief in um, you know more than one god. What it means is the belief that uh, essentially that the universe is God. Well, you don't believe in a divine creator of the universe and all the elements that are in it. Well, didn't the universe create itself? No, I don't think the universe created itself. Is, I think is God all in all? Yes. Okay, then God is the universe, right? No, God is the creator. So God is separate from the universe? I thought he was all in all. He he created the universe. His handiwork is throughout all the universe. So so, he, the so the universe created. is separate from God. It's not God. There is a person that is God. But that person is separate from the universe, or he is all in all? Because uh, my he, Bible says all in all. It does not right. say God is separate from the universe. That is a new concept created by the church that has strayed away from what Christianity originally was. All in all means that his work, his handiwork, and his power, and his authority, and his creation is is from his hand and his No, no, his it doesn't mind. mean that. I can whittle a little figure out of wood. I am not the little figure in wood. I am me. God is all in all, or he's not, Right. That's right. Okay, so he's all in all, so pantheistic, pan, all Christians should be pantheistic if they do choose to determine, um, read their Bibles properly. If, if they read their Bibles properly, you guys don't believe in the Trinity. But the, but the, the Trinity is not in the Bible. Yes, it is. No, no, it's not. You, there, you show me the word mentioned. Trinity in the Bible. Uh, I don't have my concordance with There's me, really but... no argument about this. It really doesn't make a difference because uh-huh. the, the convoluted 2,000-year-old argument as to whether God is three persons in one or one person um, well, with different aspects doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, that, that there's there's no argument to be had there. On, on the, the Christian theology of, of a triune God and the second person of the Trinity being Jesus Christ manifested to mm-hmm. us in the flesh. Uh-huh. And God determined that man could not save himself, that he wanted to redeem. He, he, God in, in Holy Scripture says... But if, know, if, if God determines something, if God determines something, God is flawed. That means he didn't know it from the very, very beginning. He created time, so there isn't really a beginning. He didn't know it originally. Yeah, God didn't you, determine it. God knew it when he created it, so he created us as flawed beings, ones that he was going to send to hell in the first place. No, that is... That is not correct. You're incorrect in your thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to get told that by every Christian. Go ahead. No. Yes. Uh, they are incorrect. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That but he created the world that, that created the problem in the first place. Didn't he know this was, was going to happen? When he created the world, didn't he already know what was going to happen? Yes. Okay. So, so there's no free will. He didn't love me to do this. He just did it. So there's so there's like, no free will then. It's, a, by it's an point. ant farm that God made. Frank, do, do you feel that maybe the stories in the Bible are just allegorical and that their their meanings are more important than the actual doctrine than the actual uh, like uh, spoken word, like the literal translation, I should say? No, when when Jesus turned the water into wine, he turned the water into wine. When Jesus raised the dead, he raised the dead. Well, what is when, the significance of turning water into wine? I mean, water is much more satiating. It doesn't give you a hangover. It's healthier for <laughs> you. If you remember the scripture, it says you have saved, saved the best for last. So if you believe in, in that your entity, your body, your soul, it goes on after you lay your flesh down, after your flesh dies, because Scripture says 
no flesh shall glory before the Lord. Did that answer the question? I, I don't... I'm trying to. Okay. The, the thing about it is, you cannot go before God in your present fleshly condition. You What's have that? to wait until you die and your soul goes before God. You believe in a hereafter, Wait, right? wait, wait. What does that have to do with the question about uh, why is water or why is wine better than water? Did I, did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the question was, what's the You're, point of turning water into wine? I, I feel that it's allegorical. Was he just trying to prove that he could do it? I mean, was that uh-huh. the point? The wedding feast was the first miracle Je- Jesus performed, okay? See, this is one of the problems. With, 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 yeah, you, but, when you started arguing doctrine, it's over, right? Like, did yeah. uh, did Odysseus descend into hell to uh, get 80s. Pangea or what, whatever it is? Um, <laughs> you know, where, wherever these places, there's these dumb stories, right? They're just dumb stories. Um, did I, I mean, like did it happen? Uh, well, some somebody who believed that these Greek god stories were true, and today they'd be considered a mad person, an absolute nut, um, if you believed that Zeus and Odin and you know Poseidon and all these people are hanging out and in, in heaven someplace, but if you believe this particular set of stories, then it's okay. But but you're not you're not knowledgeable enough. Scripture says. Oh, I know scripture darn good, pal. You can't <laughs> oh, okay. play that game with me. I've been a Sunday school teacher. I went through Christian school from the start to the finish. I've read the Bible three times all the way through the New Testament seven. Don't tell me I don't know nothing. Oh, okay, then you're familiar Back with the scripture. You're familiar with the scripture that says, "I set before you both life and death." good and evil this day, learn to choose good and life and live. I have done that. That's the point, is I'm telling you this story of Christianity that has evolved over 2,000 years from Christ. I believe that the church that was around, uh, you know, in the first 100 or 150, 200 years was a pretty good one. It's the Christianity today that is the Antichrist. It is the opposite of what Jesus taught. It is what they warned about in Revelations. You You believe this false stuff. In, in your private thoughts and private prayer closet, you do worship a, a being, though, don't you? I, I, think that, I do not. I, I think that there's a God, and I think that he, he, he created a universe that allows you to choose blessings and choose curses. I don't uh-huh. think that God is, so, um, is, is, is such an insecure being that he cares whether or not I praise him. Sometimes I do when I see things that are wonderful, um, you know, like I... I in in awe, you know, awesome wonder. I, I praise God for those things, but I don't think God really. It doesn't really matter to him. In the same way that a person who's well, the way you're talking about it, it makes it seem like you believe in a separate God, which does that does belies what you were saying earlier. But he is the universe, right? I mean, I don't know whether I believe this whole. I don't be, know whether I believe in the whole pantheistic thing or the Bible. I don't I have to. I'm outside of that argument. Well, you see. God predetermined that Christ should suffer and die on a cross. How much has been predetermined, if I might ask, Frank? I mean, because you, you made it sound like earlier that you believe that everything was uh, essentially set predetermined. Is that what your belief is? There were certain things God predetermined, yes. Well, if he didn't predetermine everything, did he then not know everything would happen, and then therefore is he an omnipotent God? He is an uh, omnipotent God, but he couldn't predetermine your destiny and still give you free will. See, he's given you free will to praise, thanks, and give him So glory. wait a minute. Point of information, Frank. You're saying on one hand that uh, your God gave you free will, but he doesn't know what you're going to do with it? He, he gives you a choice. Otherwise, you wouldn't have free will, brother. I, I see what you're saying, but if he doesn't know what you're going to do, how can he be omnipotent? Right. How can he be all-knowing? That's yeah, that would be all-powerful. That's why Jesus promises the gift of the Holy Spirit to help lead us 
to the truth. You're not asking that's my, not you're answering, not answering that's my not question. Answer. The question is, um, how does somebody who doesn't know something qualify as all-knowing? Is your God all-knowing, Frank? Yes, he is. Then how, how would he not know what I'm going to choose and what you're going to choose? That doesn't prevent you from you're not asking. You're right not answering thing. my question. I am. No, you're that not. Doesn't, that doesn't prevent you from doing the right thing or the wrong thing, does it? Just, okay, just I understand what you're saying, yeah. but you aren't answering my question, which is common with uh, with well, theists of your it's time. It's an impossible question to answer and still hold the same and hold his belief system. system. Right. Same, well, same. then you don't have too much to cognitive will. dissonance. Thank you, Frank, for the call. Appreciate it. At eight hundred, right. I don't believe that if if you believe this the story that you're talking about, Frank, that you would have free will. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. The point of the question was to expose his contradictions. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Second hour of the program, you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Oh, you're going to change gears here away from uh, theology, which is where the last hour wrapped up. Of course, you can always bring it back anytime by downing in toll free uh, at 800-259-9231 to yep. sex. Be sure to tell us that we're, uh, that we're going to hell because that's not tired or worn out. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> from qualityhealth.com. He didn't tell us that. Dot com. Mm, you don't think so? But he would have said it if we drew him around to it. Anyway. When it comes to sex, most of us think we know it all. Or at least enough that we don't need any further education. But no matter what your background or relationship status, you've probably heard and believed a sexual falsehood somewhere along the line. Maybe it was an old wives' tale about physical attraction or an urban legend about what's normal in the bedroom. Read on as we uncover the top ten myths about sex. Ooh. Just in case you think we're pandering, I'm looking at a webpage with a doctor lady on it, so... This, this is she not, like a sexy nurse kind of doctor? No, lady? She, she's, she's not an ugly woman, but there's no. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone would be be offended by no this. thigh highs and no. red heels. I tell you what, I suppose you could be it. a Muslim type that wants to see women in burqas. I mean, you can see more than her eyes. Hold that thought, Mark. We haven't started the ten, ten list yet. We'll okay. get to it. Uh, John is on the line. He was on, hanging on patiently, dropped off, and he's back. John in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to you guys for the last hour and. When you guys start talking about religion and all this stuff, really, I don't 
I'm really confused, I guess, why this becomes like such an issue. Because like, it's religion. People have to know how they should treat each other, don't they? Don't people know this in their heart? I think there's a natural law. I, I sort of do, uh, and I don't know whether it's um, uh, whether it's a nurture or nature issue. I, I don't. Um, but many people would believe that it's something that uh, that comes down from God, and I'm willing to go for that. Um, well, so am I. Why? Because I have a father. I mean, like a real father, you know, who, mm-hmm. who took care of me when I was a little idiot and didn't know my head from my hand, you know. So... I guess that being the case, it's like, you know what? It really didn't matter whether I knew everything about my father. I actually didn't know all that much about my father. I found most of that out much later in my life. When mm-hmm. I was a little tiny kid, I'd have sat in my dad's lap if he was, you know, a mass murderer. I wouldn't have known. What would yeah, I have known? He's the guy that reads books to you and uh, throws the baseball, you know? Exactly, that kind of exactly. So that being the case, it seems like all the arguments to go back and forth on religion and who is God, and what's he really, you know, where is he, and who cares? Why? Why well, argue about this? People use it for is, control, that's why. Pardon? Because people use it for control, that's well, why. Well, I agree, and I think this is the problem, is that we got to know in our heart of hearts, we got to know that controlling other people is not our place. We can't even control ourselves if we'd be honest about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, which of us can say, yeah, I'm in complete control of my life. Yeah. Anywhere I go, any situation I'm in, I'm in control. So, and my control leads me to always do good things. I, 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 I am believe in control what you, what of, you have uh, to say. I, I would like to say I am in control of how I respond and how I uh, react and how I uh, interpret. And I'm in control. I don't necessarily do what I want to do, though. I mean, right. I'm not necessarily in control of the, uh, the environmental stimuli, but I'm in control of my actions, most certainly. But you're not necess- you don't always do what you want to do. Are you going to tell me you always do what you want to do? You never do something that you say, I really shouldn't do this, but you do it anyway. Well, just well, because you're doing what you shouldn't believe, just because you're doing what you believe you shouldn't do, doesn't mean you aren't in control of yourself. You're still controlling yourself. It's just that you're maybe choosing um, aside from. I think what there's you a higher control. mind. That- I'm saying that you. I'm saying that every one of us does things that, in a moment, based on emotion, based on outward stimuli, peer yeah. pressure, whatever it may be, the inability to stand up for what we know is the truth. Which one of us has not heard somebody? say something about a co-worker or a friend that we knew was not true, but we couldn't stand up for them in that moment. Well, then I guess we didn't want to. I agree with the, say, with the caller. I'm going to say we weren't in control of what we wanted to do at that moment. I, I'm not going to... Uh, what I will agree with is that there are mistakes that are made, and I think that at looking back, one can uh, can realize that uh, one would have uh, would like to have, had he known what he knows now, uh, would have maybe perhaps chosen differently. Um, but at that moment, there was no way you weren't in control of yourself. I don't agree well, with that at again, all. Well, again, the only point I was making, I don't want to get into a semantic deal because I really... Again, I don't want to argue about no, this words anymore. are important. I'm sorry about religion. Religion just is a useless argument in my book. But no, but I don't the think it's. Idea... Hold on a second. I don't think it's useless to. For instance, we had a lengthy conversation with Frank a few moments ago. Somebody who's a uh, a very dyed in the wool kind of, I don't, for lack of a better term, typical Tra- Christian. Traditional. Uh, tra- is it traditional? I don't know. But uh, but I think that's a useful conversation because to people who are listening to it. 
that uh, are listening with a more perhaps a, a mind that is a little bit more open than Frank's, they can hear the inconsistencies in his viewpoint. And I think that's important. I think it's important to draw people away from a viewpoint like that Frank holds because I think that's a dangerous viewpoint. That well, particular viewpoint, I, the traditional mass-market Christian viewpoint, leads people to uh, very dangerous conclusions. Like you were, t- I think what you mentioned was that uh, the, there are certain religions that are essentially – the Christian religion today in many ways is endorsing its own uh, – maybe it was you, Mark, that pointed out it was the Antichrist. But uh, the, a lot of Christian religions are endorsing the state and endorsing war, endorsing killing and things like that. So I think pulling people away from that uh, particular viewpoint it has, uh, has some real value. You know, I didn't, again, you know what, I'll stand corrected. I am not, I, I myself, I will not subscribe to Christianity. And when I say that, I don't mean, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Absolutely. It's the most important thing in my life. But I will not subscribe to Christianity. Because Christianity does not, does not challenge me in any way, shape, or form to really honestly look at myself for who I am. Mm. Christianity tries to tell me that I can make myself into anybody I want to be if I just do the right things. And this is all a lie. Mm. It's like a self-help thing. I don't remember hearing that from Christianity personally, but then again, it's been a while since I've been to a Christian church, so I can't really comment. I tend to to agree with most of the things that you say. Anything else on your mind tonight? (laughs) Dude... We're not going to be alive that long. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Wisconsin. What's going on in Wisconsin these days, do you think? Making cheese? Snow? No, I'll Beer always. drinking. Snow. For sure, beer drinking. Probably a lot of snowmobiling going on. But a lot of don't I'm you know. I'm talking about a bill that's in Madison. Being, it's actually in a in a committee, assembly committee in Madison, Wisconsin. Pardon me if my ear isn't exactly to the ground on this one. Yeah, what, what, what is marijuana. it? Oh, is it? Oh, really? Yeah, you can be oh, number yeah. fifteen. You want to see some? <laughs> you want to see some interesting stuff going on? Um, Wisconsin, I actually, if you go on or Madison, uh, the normal site in Wisconsin, uh, go to Madison Normal um, and <laughs> look at the debate that went on when they had the public hearing back on December fifteenth, and what some of the people who are represented who are supposed to be representatives of their constituents, how they talked to each other and to the people that were there. I imagine they're talking down to uh, the people that were there. Oh, there were 150, 100, excuse me, 105 people showed out, showed out that morning in support and, mm-hmm. and registered to have time to testify. Uh, they didn't have time. They were there for eight and, eight and a half hours as it was. Mm. Um, there were five people that were against, and those were all people representing some federal governmental organization. Yeah, somebody who was getting a paycheck to be there. So common, right. so typical. It's disgusting. Are, are you in Madison, may I ask? Are you? Uh, no, I am not. I'm, okay. I'm south of Madison, about 45 minutes. Yep. You know, they should be required. Um, it shouldn't be during, A, they shouldn't be able to take time off work to do it, and B, they shouldn't get paid to, uh, to come. But they do. Hey, yeah. thanks for the call tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Maybe, maybe it's un- be unfair to not allow them to take time off work, but you know what I, I'm concerned with is the, the the, the state's attorney's office will say, all right, Bill, we can't pay you for this, but we got to have you go down there and testify anyway. It's for all of our own good. And they'd still send them off. 
Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We still have the sex story to get to, uh, the 10 myths, top 10 myths about sex. We'll get to that and take your calls about anything you want to talk about. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version. We've got our webcam. Listen lines are available. You can get all the details and get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And Manchester Brewing, the makers of John Thomas Red, would like to give you some advice on handling your John Thomas. First, never boil or freeze your John Thomas. Very bad idea. <laughs> uh, second, please keep your John Thomas away from pets, children, and radio-controlled devices. Thank you from ManchesterBrewing.com. 800-259-9231. Mark, uh, you've got 10 myths, the ten, top 10 myths surrounding sex. Uh, now, is this for the Western world, I suppose? I, I don't know. I, I would assume. Okay. It's at qualityhealth.com. Very good. Are we going from 10 to 1? Uh, I don't think that these are They're not ranked. ordered? Uh, okay. It, it just, it's just it's well, a it's, list of 10 things. That they so it's can. not the top 10 things? It claims to be the top 10 things. So, then it has to be ranked, right? Top 10 myths. All right. Did you want to cue some kind of music? No, I don't one? have it. Just Starting at number one, then. It doesn't count down. It counts up. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, I know you like it to count down. That's the way you're supposed to do a top ten list. Oh God, do you want number me to start at the 10. bottom? Well, I don't know. Now I'm confused. Is number ten actually the most, uh, <laughs> the number one myth? We're I mean, going to spend some time on number ten, I can tell you that. Let's start at the, the top then. All right, number one. All right. Can we call it number ten? I hate, hate, hate this concept. <laughs> My partner. Oh, God. Singles have more sex than married people. Contrary to popular belief, it's married people have more fun. According to Linda J. Waite and Marjorie Gallagher's The Cause for Marriage, approximately 40% of married people have sex twice a week, compared with only 20 to 25% of singles and cohabitating couples. Hmm. What about singles that are having sex? Like, what about couples? Okay, so compared to cohabitating couples, then, that's that presumably they would be having sex as well. Well, I can tell you, having been single and having been married, that there were a lot of periods when, um, a lot of weeks that went by when I was single that I didn't have sex. Right. Whereas um, there haven't been too many weeks that I've been married that I haven't had sex. So. Mm, okay. Um, number two, men think about sex every seven seconds. Boy, that's always seemed like a myth to me. But then again, I've always, I've never really felt I yeah. had the same drives You're as weird, other men. You're weird, so it's hard to say, right? <laughs> As it turns out, this is fiction, too. 
According to a 1990... It's actually every five seconds. <laughs> 1994 Sex in America survey, 54% of men... I don't know the a survey that you're going to say. 54% of men uh, think about sex every uh, every day or several times a day. 43% think about it a few times a week or month, and 4% think about it less than once a month. I do not believe that at all. Um, I think that what we're talking about there is, you know, what uh, what level of sex are you talking about? Yeah, I think, are they talking about it? Thinking about engaging in sex, right. or you know, I'm just sitting thinking there, about sexy things. I mean. Thinking about it, or you know, I mean, the sort of attraction that one gets when one sees a woman. I don't necessarily a beautiful woman. I don't necessarily think about sex, but I can tell you that it's it's somewhere beneath the surface there for me. You know, yeah. I mean, I may not be going through exactly what positions or whatever, <laughs> but it, you know, I'm I'm driven by that. Yeah. Well, that stat makes me feel a little more normal then. I don't know. Yeah, you're not normal. Okay. Yeah, not not in most things. Number three. Women are naturally more monogamous than men. I know you don't. You, this is one that Ian absolutely uh, agrees with. Or, you know, he doesn't believe that women are more, more monogamous than men. I don't either. Although no. it's difficult to prove or disprove, researchers believe this popular assumption is more of a matter of perception and socialization than biology. Yeah. As they point out, yeah. in most mammalian species, both the males and females are highly and equally promiscuous. Yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would yeah, think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that women have a have a drive, have a motivation to uh, tie a guy down um, into a relationship um, in order to have children, build a home, things like that, yeah, build I, um, you know, I, a nest. I don't think that excludes them from straying. No, though. no, it doesn't. It just <laughs> it just it would just make them you know uh, better at being sneaky about. It. Well, and it's easier generally, I would think, for a woman to stray than a man to stray. Don't you think? I mean, because I think that they can certainly get the they they can, can, they can close the deal easier. quickly if they feel feel like doing that. Number four, pornography is an addictive substance. Some people view porn as harmless pastime, while others see it as a health hazard. Either way, most scientists agree that although it's possible to become addicted to pornography, the addiction is behavioral, much like an addiction to gambling. Porn itself is not an addictive substance in the category of heroin or cocaine. They have a link here for cocaine in case you don't know what that is. Well, which gets back to the conversation we had a few weeks ago about addictions. Uh, So essentially... Because porn does not actually physically modify your body chemistry, then it can't be chemically addictive. In some any people way. would say that uh, you can never have enough pornography, yeah. and some people uh-huh. can say you never can get enough. Well, how would you know if you're addicted to porn? Because, um, I mean, I can stop anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that it would be causing problems in your relationship. Uh, uh, causing knew, problems in your life. I mean, if you're not yeah. eating. Can't work. Well, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not about eating. Uh, oh, how about this? <laughs> uh, a, friend of, uh, a friend of mine, it was a, a woman, um, her husband decided that he liked pornography better, better than, than he liked his wife. Yeah. And That's know, bad. It, yeah, it just, yeah. Drove, it just drove her off and, and off she went. And she didn't. She claimed not to have a problem with pornography, sort of originally. But then. Yeah, but but I, yeah. I think she's changed her mind on that subject. I right. think, I she think really her problem should be with him then, not necessarily understood, pornography in general. But, but anyway. People are not necessarily the, uh, the logical beasts that we would like them to be. Okay. Herbal aphrodisiacs can enhance your sex life. This is number five. Ginger, corlander... Caramom can enhance a host of recipes, but sadly they won't succeed in spicing <laughs> up your sex life. A review by the FDA revealed that no purported aphrodisiac has ever been scientifically proven to increase sex drive. And some, like Spanish fly, can even potentially be dangerous. What about placebo effect? I don't know. 
Well, I guess in order to scientifically prove it, it has to be more effective than placebo effect. So I'm just, I just wonder, does placebo effect have an effect it on has sex to. drive? It has right? to, right? I, I took this uh, supplement, this is some years ago, called Yahimbi Root, and I became sort of dizzy and, and sick to my stomach, <laughs> but it worked in the sense that it was supposed to work. So if you didn't have the sort of reaction that I did, you would say, oh, this works. And by work, I mean, you know, it worked. Yeah, right. So um, number six. Sex during pregnancy will hurt the baby. Believe it or not, sex is perfectly safe during the vast majority of pregnancies. In fact, most couples can keep having sex until the women's wa- woman's water breaks. However, there are cases in which sex should be avoided, so be sure to talk with your doctor if you have any concerns. Be sure to bring your checkbook. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> right. I mean, the, the doctors, the midwife actually told uh, my wife and I that it, it's good. It's, it's a good thing. So do it. You know, up there till the end. My friend told me that the best sex he's ever had was with a pregnant woman. Oh, excellent. Yeah, well, I can't attest to that, but well, they can't use the trapeze properly. <laughs> uh, number seven: Women can't get pregnant during their period. Couples who believe this myth um, may be in for a big surprise, according to a mm. 2000 study conducted by the National Health Institute of Environmental Sciences. You paid for that, too. At least 2% of women enter their fertile period only four days into their menstruation cycle and 17% enter it by the seventh day. Sperm can live for up to five days. So this myth has likely resulted in many unplanned pregnancies. pregnancies. Wow. I actually knew that one. Yeah. The uh, if you're going to have unprotected sex, you better be prepared to have children. There you Just go. Just remember that, kids. Vasectomy all the way. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You wouldn't be the first man to impregnate a woman after having a vasectomy. It happens. Yeah, right afterwards it can happen. Uh, no, years it can afterwards still, it can still happen. Not very likely. It's not, not likely. very likely. Not likely. There's more coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. We've got, what, three more? Eight, yep. nine, and ten? All right, we'll come back with those, and you can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com and become a fan over there. It's free, of course. Facebook.freetalklive.com. And, if, you know, if, if you're like me, you don't like making extra trips to do anything. And particularly, you know, some of the things I have to make tri- trips for are the groceries. Uh, we have a sponsor on this show that uh, I think has an incredible product, and it's called the Tota Sack. It's a handle made of 100% recycled polymer right here in the good old U.S. of A., and uh, it's it, it, it's just amazing. You can uh, carry all kinds of stuff with it. It's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, and, uh, you know, it's a personal protection device, too. You hook it in your back pocket, you got it there, and uh, if you need to defend yourself, it, uh, it'll double as an incredible pair of brass knuckles. So it's totasack.com. <laughs> 
All right, so the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You're welcome to, uh, to comment on what we're sharing with you, the top 10 myths surrounding sex. And one more time, the website this is from, Mark? This is from, uh, let's see, I wasn't quite ready for that. That's right. Um, qualityhealth.com. Qualityhealth.com. Okay, so we've been through seven of them. If you missed the top seven, well, or the first seven, uh, you can listen later at freetalklive.com. Let's go with eight, nine, and ten. Yep. Um, eight is another one of those sort of voodoo beliefs. Um, sex the night before an athletic event will ruin your performance. Well, I've never heard that one. But then again, I guess I'm not an athlete. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not, Certainly doesn't not. surprise me. <laughs> Although some coaches and athletes advocate abstinence the night before competition, scientists are quick to point out that there's no evidence to support this myth. Hmm. In fact, two uh, thousand. I wouldn't say A. A 2000 study published in the Journal of Sports Medicine and Physical Fitness reported that sex had no detrimental influence on the maximal workload achieved or in athletics, athletes' mental concentration. And I, uh, I think that this is – athletes tend to, especially um, you know, major sports athletes, understand that sort of luck – or fortune or yeah. whatever plays a major role in the uh, in, in, in performance. I mean, you get lucky, you get unlucky, and that's the way it goes. And they so that what they want is anything that will increase or, uh, their amount of luck. Yeah, a lot of superstition. Yeah, there's a lot of it, and I, mm. I've heard of them that that paint their toenails, that wear a special pair of underpants, <laughs> uh, that that have any kind, whatever, whatever their voodoo is, they'll do it. And this is one of the common bits of voodoo is you don't have sex the night before. And mm. I think that it's kind of a sacrifice thing. It goes back to you know a sort of primitive god out there that you would sacrifice something to, and in this case you're you're sacrificing sex, you know the the night before to this this uh, the sports this being. god, the great gods but, of football, right? And yes. and that well you know, you're thinking of football, and but uh-huh. there's this is common in lots of sports, right? Football is the sport in America, though. Curling, the great god of curling, okay? Right. Well, you, one I, I, I'm going to have to argue <laughs> there. Everybody knows that you can't brush ice properly after having sex. <laughs> I don't get it. That's because you don't know what curling is. Nope. Okay. Curling, <laughs> curling has to do something. Sounds like weightlifting to me. Yeah, it does. It sounds like curling weights, and it's not. It has to do with uh, shooting a, a, a large puck across the ice, and uh, then these guys with brushes yeah, trying to, make to it change go uh, how fast or slow it goes with a broom. Yeah. Interesting. Do people do this? It's, a, it's yes. an Olympic event. Yes. It's more... Well, wait. Just because it's Olympic doesn't mean people do it. <laughs> people do it because they, it's, it's Olympic. It's like shuffleboard on ice, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, nine. Talking to kids about sex will encourage them to have sex. No, I don't think so. <laughs> My it gosh. Might, it might be uncomfortable, a little embarrassing, but talking to children about sex doesn't encourage them to have it. According to the American Academy of Children, Child Adolescent Psychiatry, well, we know there are a bunch of liberals that want kids humping at uh, age six. <laughs> Uh, open communication helps kids to make healthy and appropriate decisions mm. regarding their sexual behavior. Yeah. But I find that a lot of people don't really want open and, uh, you know, open and appropriate decisions. I they, wonder they how many the decisions they want from their kids. I, I wonder, I mean, how many kind of repressed uh, sexually repressed religious types that I and mean, that's why I typically think of when I think of the types of parents that wouldn't want to talk to their kids about sex. I wonder how many of them are refusing to talk to their kids about sex because they're afraid it's that's going to encourage them to have sex versus how many of them are refusing to talk to their kids about sex because they themselves are so uncomfortable with the topic that they don't even feel like they can broach it. I find it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel it, it could easily go both ways. I mean, uh, um, 
I really don't know, actually. I, I've never really asked anybody about it. I feel they'd be uncomfortable talking about it. Well, were your parents uh, <laughs> right. good at talking to you about sex or bad at talking? Oh, about they were terrible. And were they religious? Uh, I come from a Catholic background. I don't know if we were that religious. Really Y'all didn't go to church, though, right, very much? No, but but still, I can see how a behavior like that would be passed down from a Catholic background, um, you know, of just the sex fear. being, yeah, sex being, you know, so evil, so sinful. Don't ever talk about it. And, you know, I have no problem talking about it. Luckily, I sort of broke that cycle. Uh, Julia, your sister, used to tell me that your mom used to spell the word. <laughs> Probably. I could tell you the sex talk I got right now, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Let's, oh, okay. let's hear it. We still yeah. only have one more, This right? is the, the yeah. only sex talk I've ever gotten, actually, from my parents. Well, I, I guess. I don't know. There might have been more. But this was so embarrassing. And uh, my mom, I passed out on the couch with my girlfriend at the time. And the next day, my mom, like, pulled me aside. And she's like... Just remember, Sammy Safe Sex says slip it on before you slip it in. And I just about died from embarrassment. I didn't even know what that meant. I mean, oh. Where was your girlfriend at the time she said this? Um, Nowhere nearby. Gone home. Oh, thank okay. goodness. <laughs> okay. We had a, we got high and laughed about it later, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even recall um, my parents talking to me about sex. I know they told me about how babies are made at some point. I'm, I'm certain of that. Uh, I don't think they got very detailed on it, though. And I recall being interested in asking a girl out when I was in middle school, the very end of middle school, like eighth grade. And my parents basically told me that uh, I wasn't allowed to do something like that. Hmm. So they were very... Not interested in having me even explore the realm of uh, of the opposite, opposite sex, sex. At, the, at a young age. I got a book, um, which you know was supposed to. I, I wasn't interested in reading it, but I was given a book, and I had it for a very long time. I remember from a very young age, but it was it was so clinical. I had no interest in reading the thing. My mom sat me down on the couch in the living room, and I don't know what age, but I was probably somewhere in uh, the the tweens, you know, ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. Mm-hmm. And explained sex to me in such a uh, clinical fashion, using terms that I wasn't familiar with, like vagina, um, that I actually walked away not uh, clear as to what the difference between a, a, I didn't know what a vagina was still, and believed that we were talking about an anus. I mean, uh, so <laughs> I mean that's the level of confusion we're talking about there. I, I think maybe my parents might have thought that my curiosity was going to do it for me because they sure. Oh, your curiosity do will do it for but, you. But what, what I mean is, they had bookshelves, and one of the books on the shelf was *The Joy of Sex*, and they have all kinds of illustrations in there, which I found very interesting uh, at a at a young age. But I don't think I actually sat down to read it because I probably was too frightened my parents were going to rock, you know, walk in the room or come home during me looking at the book or something like that. So no, I don't recall ever getting any kind of instruction or detail right and you know here we are the the, the baby boomers kids well not 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 me but the, the you two guys baby boomer kids uh, you know the, this was the generation that's supposed to be open about sexually these liberal yeah yeah yep. not 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 so nope number 10 yeah, I, it sounds to me like my my mom, who was the the silent generation, the older one, probably tried the hardest of mm-hmm. this, of these uh, <laughs> these three groups that were here. So, you know, you baby boomers aren't doing a very good job in educating your kids on these subjects, and I think that the reason um, is is that well, number nine here, talking to kids about sex will encourage them to have sex is the belief, and it's a myth. It's crazy. Yeah, according to the it, American, talking to them, uh, being honest with them about sex. And not passing on myths uh, to them. If you're honest with them about sex, then it's going to prevent them from making some serious mistakes, possibly uh, getting knocked up or knocking right. somebody up There's at age 16. To, there are repercussions to sex, and they need to know that. STDs and all that stuff. Sure. Number 10. Men and women can't 
be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. I uh, no. don't think that's a myth. I, I don't know. Generally, I, I I have at least one friend who's a girl who I'm really close to, and we're just friends. And like, uh, you'd ne- wait, wait, wait. You'd never have sex with that girl if you had the opportunity. I don't think so. I don't that's know. It's rare. never come up because she's just there to be my friend who's a girl, like, the, to mix it up a bit. I would say that's rare. We'll get into this here in a moment. Uh, Mark is quiet. He has not yet said how he feels on this one. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You, what are your thoughts? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy this program, you like the fact that we give you the website for free. And, of course, we announced tonight that now the archives are going back all the way to 2009. You can just click and download whatever, whichever one you want. We're going to take them back even further. If you like the fact that we give you that stuff for free, then please become an amplifier. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we take in 3 bucks a month. That's all we're asking from you. Uh, we take in the 3 bucks a month. We reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board with the program, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And of course, as time goes on, the AMP dollars become more valuable because we keep building the show, and the show becomes more popular in the radio industry, and it makes it easier to uh, to get on more stations, just as an example today. We talked in detail last night about what's going on, uh, the fact that Air America is going out of business. And of course, uh, that means it's time for a little creative destruction because, well, in the absence of Air America, there are a number of stations around the country that are looking for new radio uh, talk show content. And so we are marketing ourselves to those stations and I have to say that today was probably one of my best days ever, if not the best day ever, for getting <laughs> radio stations interested in... A whole network uh, just went under, so, I mean, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into de- detail on what markets we're looking at, but we're looking at a handful of uh, new, new stations ones. coming yeah, new on ones from this. as of today. Right. And one of the things that happened was, because... We go every year to the talk radio uh, convention. There's a Talkers magazine, which is kind of the industry publication of record uh, for the talk radio business. They hold a convention once a year, and we go. This year, you're not going to be able to go, Mark, because you're going to be at the Liberty Forum. Unfortunately, they're scheduled for the same weekend this year. Who did that? I will be going to, to New York City, and thank goodness we've been going to these things because, well... I got to meet the vice president of talk programming, or the president of talk programming, I think, for uh, Saga Communications, one of the larger uh, communications radio groups out there. And I, when I was calling these progressive talk stations today, I called one of them, and the program director, I'd never spoken with him before. I'd left him some messages in the past. Never talked to this guy before. He says, oh yeah, I was just talking about you this morning with the, the president of programming, and he said you're highly recommended. 
So he's basically going to add Free Talk Live without even having listened to the show. This would not have been possible, you know, four four years ago. So the uh, the Free Talk it's, Live, and it's because of the amp dollars being, right. uh, you know, being advertising in the uh, the trade publications, going to the conventions, sending us to the conventions, yeah. and all of that. It's it's your three bucks a month if you're an amplifier that makes all of this possible, that makes this growth, that has made it possible for us to get to sixty plus radio affiliates here within five years of so, being syndicated. So. I have a, Thank a, you. a question about the, the podcast. You said that we have them now back until 2009, um, the 1st of 2000? That's right, January, January 1st, 2009, um, in our podcast. Now, do, are, these the, are these the amplifier podcasts with no ads? Are these no, the old, just the, the regular, the regular podcast. podcast. So whatever ads that were entered into those podcasts that I sold um, were placed in there, they still exist in there. That's right. So if you want to advertise on Free Talk Live and you want uh, people to hear, you know, I mean, your ads continue to be heard over time. Um, For all you know, of time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a magazine. You know, sometimes you go back and, yeah. into the National Geographic. I love doing this. And, and going looking and looking at old ads? At, looking at the old car ads, especially. You mm. know, I like cars. And so it's, it's just kind of neat. And, you know, it gives me that feeling that we're doing that, too. So b- please become an amplifier. It makes a difference. Plus, you get perks. Like, you get access to the Amp Only call-in lines. You get the Amp Only forum, the Amp Only podcast, which is ad-free. Uh, well, recorded ad-free. You still have to listen to us talk about stuff like Amp during the show. Uh, but go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board and get access to the perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now that we're on the ten, uh, the top ten myths about sex, and we were on number ten. And if you could read uh, number ten again for me, Mark, I want to get yep. that back out there. Number ten, men and women can't be friends because the uh, sex part always gets in the way. A study published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships found that men and women can indeed have platonic relationships. The researchers who tracked 20 pairs of friends confirmed that friendship attraction, a connection devoid of lust between genders, is a bona fide bond. I think it's possible for men to be friends with women without having an attraction element necessarily. I, th- I think that's possible. I don't think it's very common, however. Yeah, I, 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 that, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I do think that uh, anytime you say that something can't be true, then yeah. you're, you're really going out on a limb. However, I, um, I believe that uh, probably 19 cases out of 20 ladies – that that guy that's uh, hanging around with you mm-hmm. and talking to you and being he's nice like a to vulture, you, basically. Right, I mean, it's he's... just right. It just doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to tell you what he's thinking, or he's ta- is getting some time. To, uh, you know, or, or or you're with another. Typically, I would think the situation is that the lady is involved with another guy, and the uh, the vulture guys are kind of uh, flying around on the outside, doing things for her, nice things, and you know, kind waiting of waiting for that opportunity, hanging around, yeah. waiting for the opportunity. Opportunity to where you know there's some sort of fight or some falling out happens Brushing and then off bam! his shoulder, ready yeah. to uh, come on, put your head right here, girl. Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, would you deny that, Luther? I mean, you said that you're friends <sighs> with a girl and that there's no attraction there. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that. I just, you know, I have no problem just going up talking to women. It's not that difficult. Um, but yeah, like I've had friends who, were, I've had really, really close friends who are girls you know uh i would even go as far as to say i've had best friends who are girls we just hang out you know and we do stupid stuff together you know like watch tv or go to to the mall and make fun of people you know whatever well i don't do that anymore but anyway you get the idea this was the time time yeah yeah. so but and you would say that of those girls those best friend girls that you had not one of them would you have had sex with them had you had the opportunity to uh, to do so had she said luther you know, I want to jump your bones. I think that that's a different you, scenario. You said, no, I wouldn't have. 
Okay. It's a, such a different <laughs> scenario, though. I mean, like, it's one thing to like somebody because um, you're friends with them. But, I mean, you know, if, if a situation is preferred, that doesn't mean that that's the reason you're hanging around, mm. you know? I, I, I think that – and I think that well, most – I think there's a difference between consciously choosing uh, something and then having other things going on. Right? I, I've also hung out with girls who I am attracted to. I mean – so I, yeah. I guess, but I wouldn't. I would not consider them my close friends. And usually, like we said earlier, they're they're with a guy, and a lot of times I, I know them either. Like I know him first, and I meet her. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Like you know, my your friend's girl. But I, you know, I just I don't see. Um, I I I think that most women understand this phenomenon too, and that they don't mind that. And I so I, you know I just. I, I, for me, it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense that you know a woman would be a close friend. It just you know I'm I'm, I'm not for that. But then again, what would I Laura can, think? Uh, I don't think she'd. Well, she probably knows that that's what I think. So therefore, what would you know? Why would that be acceptable? It's not. Um, but I'd also like to point out that I came of age. Uh, you know, I, I essentially grew up. I was uh, 18 and a half years old when I went to prison, and 28 when I got out. So I spent a great deal of my life hanging around solely men. Um, so you know, I, I guess I'm a man's man in that uh, in that respect. Hmm. That's not a gay term. Just in case you want, I gotcha. <laughs> So, toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The top ten things, uh, top ten sexual myths. I'm sure there are many, many more out there. So, um, if, if you, if you want list. to uh, you know, quickly, there, there's another story here that if I could I could just brush over quickly. By all means. Um, there was a, the, a, the TSA did this, uh, somebody in the TSA did a really stupid joke and I did it, I think he did it because he would wanted to be, that he was attracted to this girl. Mm. There's this gal, Rebecca Solomon, he's young to 20, attractive woman and uh, she was going through the TSA line in uh, Philadelphia International Airport and a TSA guy pulled up you know pulling her laptop out of the carry-on bag sliding the items through the scanning machines and walking through the detector she went to collect her things a TSA worker was standing staring at her and he motioned uh, her towards him and he pulled a small clear plastic bag from her carry-on the sort of baggage that a pair of uh, earrings might come in and inside the bag was a fine white powder she remembers her words where did you get that and two thoughts came to her in her jumble. A terrorist was using her to sneak bomb detonating materials under the plane, or a drug dealer had made her an unwitting mule, mm. uh, planting coke or some other trouble in her bag while she wasn't looking. She'd left her carry-on bag at her feet, and she handed uh, her license and boarding pass to a security agent beginning the line. Answering truthfully, the TSA worker informed her and every, that and everything would be okay. Solomon, a five foot three, traveling alone, looked up at the man in the uh, black shirt and fought back tears. Putting yourself in her place and count count out 20 seconds. This is how long it was uh, um, that I guess between him, you know, showing her the bag and and telling her it was all a big joke. Um, yuck, she started, yuck, yuck. Yeah, her, her heart pounded. She started to break <laughs> out in a sweat. She panicked at having to explain something like she um, she couldn't. Now her picture and expression of the, the TSA's employees, he started to smile. Just kidding, he said and waved the baggie. It was his. <laughs> and he, uh, she collected her things, stunned. Tears began to fall. Yeah, that's going to get you right. together. Right. Like, I think he just wanted her attention, yeah, and this is like a really first. bad come on. Yeah. It's also outrageous, because if you were to do something like that, like plant a baggie of sugar in your bag as you're going through the TSA, and, hey, guys, I'm just joking. That's not real. They charge you with, like, having fake drugs. It's a crime to represent something in many places as drugs that are not. If you represent a bag of sugar as drugs, it's like representing it as drugs. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free on the site, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And I want to tell you about the Liberty Forum. It's coming up in March. You've got about two months left here. The 18th through the 21st is when it's happening, and it is a blast. Highly recommended uh, that if you're interested in liberty in your lifetime, if you're interested in the Free State Project, something we talk about on a regular basis on this program, the Liberty Forum is a perfect opportunity to come up, visit New Hampshire, and get to uh, get to know some of the hundreds of liberty-minded people that are up here, because hundreds of them will be at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's a well-attended event, and in many cases, uh, the hotel. I think the hotel sold out last year, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. It's the biggest one in the Northeast. Uh, you know, there there may be larger Liberty uh, events, but not much larger, and not many. So get on over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You can learn more about some of the, uh, the guest speakers they're going to be having. There's a convention-style atmosphere, but that's not to say there's not partying that goes on. After hours, there's a, a lot of that well into the night. Uh, I mean, they even had a drum circle in the hotel lobby last year. So that's crazy. It's very interesting. And ve- Yeah, it was interesting, too. It, was, it wasn't a wild, crazy drum circle either. It was just ne- nice. It's neat. just a lot of fun, and it's a fun group of people. Uh, and so there's a lot going to be happening, and there's a lot that happens that's not even official just because the uh, the people in this movement are self-starters a lot of them are and so if they feel like something's lacking from the official event they'll just go ahead and start their own thing the uh, there's an alternatives expo that takes place in some of the hotel rooms which just has different kinds of topics always that, go every year yeah that you're just not going to hear about in the official event and of course there's like we're saying there's parties and there's people going out for dinner and things like that right so i've heard plans of a ski trip uh, up to I believe Peak. it. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think they usually do some sort of uh, state house tour or something like that for the more uh, politically oriented things. So come on out. Go to freestateproject.org/libertyforum. Get registered and get on board. You, I think, still have a chance to get uh, an early bird discount, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no, you. The I looked at it today. Actually, you can buy the whole package, but you can't buy a la carte yet. Got it. Okay, so we will look. Uh, is it FTL 2010? Uh, I believe the discount code is FTL 2010. We need to verify that though. Can you check that for me, Mark? I'm I'm certain. Okay, great. So if you get a, if you punch that in, I think that gets you 10% off, if I'm not mistaken. That's FTL 2010 uh, at FreeStateProject.org/LibertyForum. Let's go right into your phone calls, ladies first. Kelly is in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kelly. 
Hey, y'all. It's Brooke Kelly with hey. Freedom Rise. Oh, hey, Brooke. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, y'all asked me to call in last time with an update on what was going on um, with me and my arrest situation. But just to recap, I was at the Obama town hall meeting uh, here in New Orleans, and I said some things, I guess, that I shouldn't have, and the Secret Service ordered my arrest. And uh, so I went to, to court on that, and uh, basically they just dismissed it. Um, I explained what happened, and I guess that he just said that they just decided not to prosecute. But he let me know for sure that he did think it was in his personal opinion that I was disturbing the peace, even Who's though that? he wasn't there and didn't know what happened. Who, who said that? Uh, the judge. The judge said that you were disturbing the peace? Now, point of information, yes. Brooke, is this a federal cr- uh, charge that we're talking about, federal court, or is it uh, Louisiana, New Orleans kind of charge? Yeah, this is just municipal court. They cited me for disturbing the peace and changed the uh, citation a couple times and then basically just dropped it, which is good news for me, but now I have a whole lot of people telling me I need to sue. Yeah. So well, I, 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 I guess really... the question I'm left with here, Brooke, is um, you know, if there's I mean, obviously, it seems to me that one can protest and one can disturb the peace while protesting. But where does the what is the line between protesting and disturbing the peace? It would seem to me that any protest could be argued that it is disturbing the peace. Right. The way that the law is worded, that's absolutely correct. Like, I mean, you basically cannot go outside and speak anymore. Mm. And I looked up Louisiana law, and I mean, it's dead on. But unfortunately, it's not the type of situation where you can just walk in the courtroom and argue that it it conflicts with the Constitution because they're really not going to care. They no. just see me as a troublemaker. Right. They don't. And, and the, honestly, the, these judges have um, little care for the Constitution at all. And I've heard in some cases that the the, the courts that these municipal courts are legislatively created and are not, in fact, part of the judicial branch at all. So, therefore, the Constitution doesn't really come into play. That's what I've heard. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. Well, right. it's not like well, it would come into play in this anyway. situation, when I went to enter my plea, uh, the judge let me know. He he was like, you know, I am a Democrat and I support Obama. And I was like, well, oh, wow. so he should have recused himself. I'm not a Republican and I'm not opposing Obama, per se, so much as, you know, the legislation that's coming out of his administration. Wow. I can't believe yeah. he said that. I can't believe those words came out of his mouth. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like suing action to me. They can just get away with whatever they want. Now, I mean, how would you sue them? You'd have to find a lawyer that would back you up, right? I mean, can you afford a lawyer, or do you think you'd find one that would do it for free, or what? I am my own attorney, so you're talking to her. It's just not something that I want to pursue right now. I mean, I got arrested four times last year. I don't blame you for that, because when you you want to sue the state, you have to pay them, right? I mean, if you want to take a uh, case to trial, you have to give them likely hundreds of dollars just to, uh, to, to start some process in that direction. Thank you so much. They were, like, ragging on me last night on another show because I was choosing not to pursue that, and I was trying to tell them it's a broken system. Right. Like, I'm yep. not going to go in and try to point my finger and make them fix it. I just want to be left alone. They won't. You're absolutely right. You can go in, throw hundreds of dollars down uh, the well, if you you know throw yep. it down the sewer grate, uh, and then spend a whole bunch of time trying to work within their system where you've got judges who are on their side and are certainly not on yours. I mean, right. The odds are stacked against you a, a million to one. It's, 
it's suicide. Especially if you go by your, um, do it by yourself, as, as you're suggesting. Even um, with it, a lawyer, yeah, then well, you're spending even more right, money. That's to the fail. thing is, it, you, if you don't, if you don't get a lawyer, then um, then you're wasting your time by trying to go through their system. If you do get a lawyer, you put an incredible amount of money forward and for you're still them, wasting your time. which of course they're going to find you, uh, you know, find initially they're going to find you guilty. You're going to have to take this up to an appellate level um, in order to get any kind of uh, redress, and that's just assuming that it happens because you know, time and again it doesn't. Brooke, any other totally. thoughts? So I have another uh, uh, court case that's pending now that's in Baton Rouge for a similar thing because I was speaking out against the flu shot um, mm. to, like, warning people that that's deadly. And uh, I had a lot of people coming up and thanking me, but then I had, like, one or two to call the cops, and so I got into trouble with that, and that's in Baton Rouge. But I was supposed to go put in a plea, but I just wasn't feeling it that day. Like, I wasn't feeling well. I, my car wasn't feeling well. I just didn't go in and, and do it, but I am. I called in. And I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna fight that one too. So if you didn't put a plea in, but you called them, that was enough, or is there a failure to appear out for you? I don't know. I mean, so far they can't even locate me in the system. But like, I really did want to go. I had every intention of going. I came back down to New Orleans uh, from Minneapolis to go. But I mean, it was like six o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't feeling well. And I just thought, like, why am I going to stop my life? Stop what I'm doing right this second? And you know, you know, go cater to them. I did go over there an hour away just to tell them I'm not guilty, or you know, I'm innocent, or you know, they're going to put not guilty. I don't blame you for that. I mean, we were just talking with Mike Barsky, one of the activists up here in New Hampshire the other day, and he's done something similar where he wrote a letter to the court basically saying, yeah, the hell with you. Uh, I, I've got better things to do. I've been to your court trials before. You've dropped the charges when I arrived there, which is, of course, what happened to you. Uh, he spent hours preparing for going to trial and getting ready for that mentally and going through all of, you know, the, that stress just to find out they dropped the charges. So now that they've charged him with something else, he's basically said to them, yeah, I'm just not going to go because I've got better things to do. <laughs> yeah. That's going to end up putting him in a cage, but hey, good for him. I think it's heroic, and I think think he should be praised for it. I was really going to – I was going to try to go. I mean, that was my first intention, you know, but then it's just like, what are we fighting? We're fighting uh, the fact that they're trying to make us slaves to them, and if you have to stop what you're doing. And, you know, when I did go to court in New Orleans, it it was just – I had – had to forfeit complete control of my body because I mean, as soon as I walked in, they're like, "Sit here, don't sit there." <laughs> they shuffled us around two or three times, like, "No, don't sit there, sit here." And yep. they crammed us up all in one space, and they're like, "Take off your sunglasses," even though they I was just, just want to, yeah, they just want to exert as much control over you as possible. It's, they're sick. Thank you, Brooke, for the call tonight. And keep us in the loop with your uh, your other uh, situations. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include our chat room. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners during the program. is the best time to find them, though surrounding hours are usually okay, too. Chat.freetalklive.com. It is open all the time, and it's totally free. Chat.freetalklive.com. When it comes to personal protection, do what top police, military, and civilian defense instructors get for themselves, their families, and recommend for you. It's the Tiger Light non-lethal defense system. You can go to tiger.freetalklive.com, and uh, we have a, a, a huge saving for our, savings for our listeners there. It's tiger.freetalklive.com, and I have one. Ian's got one on the way, and it's a it's a heck of a little device. All right, so we're going to continue with your phone calls. Uh, we'll go to Nico in Illinois. Nico, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make a couple comments on those uh, sexual myths you guys were talking about. Yes, sir. Um, I think the, some of them are just proven fact, and you know, I agree with many of them. Um, I think some of them, though, are kind of a matter of opinion, or they're, they're sort of ambiguous. Um, for example, the 10th the one that states that um, men and women can't really be friends because there's too, like, they're solely interested in sex, uh, I think that's kind of true in most cases, actually, but I think there are certain circumstances where it's not. Um, I find myself friends with girls, and I wouldn't want to have sex with them, but I tend to find those girls not attractive anyways. So, mm-hmm. you know, but even the ones that I am attracted to, um, like if I'm in a relationship, of, uh, in a relationship, of course, I'm not going to be interested in that. But I mean, I couldn't say that if I were single and, you know, something were to come up, I wouldn't go down that road. So I don't know. It's, I guess you, you kind of have to look at it from multiple perspectives, but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's either black or white. I think there's some gray area. I want to comment on another one, but I'll yeah, I, I would, I would back on that. I think that's pretty much what the consensus was here tonight. Yeah, um, and then I there was a fourth one that talked about porn addiction. Um, I don't really believe that porn is an addiction. I agree with you guys. However, there's certain cases where, especially women, when they're abused as children, sexually or physically, um, their development, like they're just completely screwed up developmentally. So some people have, like, certain symptoms like sexual compulsion or something like that where they are actually, like, addicted to porn, but it's not because of the porn, pornographic content itself. It's because of an overlying symptom. Like because they're, they're sexually repressed in some way? Um, well, I mean, a lot of people who find themselves abused as, as children, um, they want to try and change the situation or better it. It's just um, a mental disorder that happens because of it. And... Um, so a lot of people who are abused find themselves like they're sexually compulsive. They they like to have sex. And so mm, if they're in a uh, relationship, they do it all the time. And I, so. I have certainly known people like that and similar yeah. situations. Um, I knew a girl who had such terrible self-esteem because her father used to, you know, crawl into bed with her at night when she was young. Oh, father my. or stepfather? Father. Mm, unusual. Yes. Um. Yeah, and she she just had no self esteem whatsoever. She was you know open to the public, so to say. Oh my! Yeah, I, I really have no respect for people who do that. It's just because um, what a lot of people overlook is when things like that happen, it actually changes the person's outlook and the way they think, and they end up actually becoming abusers themselves. But um, just thought sometimes I'd shed a little bit of light on that with um, 
Yeah, it doesn't necessarily always have to be that way, though. Uh, no, I don't believe There certainly is evidence uh, that it, w- it can happen. Yeah. Reminds me of, uh, there's a show out there, uh, the Love Line with uh, Dr. Drew, which is, I think, one of the better, more FM talky kind of uh, shows. I yeah, I don't show. know. Yeah, I, I used to listen to it. Right, it was amazing to me listening to it. it was, it's one of those shows that, like all talk radio, is very repetitive, right? I mean, uh, if you listen to enough talk, if you listen to enough of one talk show, you start to get a, an idea for what they're going to say over over time. And that's uh, why you have a great comedian like Adam Carolla doing a show with you. Except he's not doing it anymore. No, he's no. not. Uh, so well, I don't listen anymore. Yeah, I haven't listened. So I don't know <laughs> what they're doing these days. But I imagine they're still around. But just listening to uh, to Dr. Drew and how he's able to just kind of uh, predict what has happened to somebody. Like some some girl will call in and she'll have an issue and he'll say, well, okay, were you eight years old when you got molested? And the girl will say, yeah. How did you know? Well, and he'll say something like, I can hear it in your voice. And it's just like uh, I don't know the way they talk, uh, talking talking like a little girl or something like that. Oh, you know, he could have just been picked picked up on nuances that she might have been hinting at, or uh, she told the screener more than we, than you get. But yeah, maybe. Um, maybe that's true. But he made it seem but, like right. That's what they make it seem like, and it seems to me that you know that that, that, that it's it's all seemed very accurate. The, to cons- me. the right the consistency of it, and and I believe they actually said it one night, and maybe uh, somebody else can clarify this. But they actually said something like, well, the reason why these girls sound like they're little girls is because they stopped developing uh, at a certain point. Not physically, but they yeah. stopped developing mentally at the point at which they were molested by Chester or whoever uh, yeah. back then. Right. I, I knew somebody like that as well. She had the mentality of a nine-year-old, literally, like on every issue, because when she was nine-year-old, she was raped. It's crazy. I mean, it just... It's hard to believe that that could be the case when you hear it, but when he when he can predict that over and over again just by have, hearing somebody, it was it was pretty pretty mind blowing. Yep. Anyway, uh, Nico, any other thoughts? Uh, just to say that I actually found a um, a feed online. It's a stream that plays a bunch of uh, random love line shows from um, from the Adam Carolla days, and I listen to it every night before I go to sleep. So there you go. <laughs> Isn't the internet? A wonderful wow, I thing. Need to, yeah, I, that's like that. one of my favorite talk shows, other than this one. So, if you could, could you post that? Because I would love to. Uh, I would love to listen to some of those old BBS. shows. BBS.freetalklive.com. That's right. Very yeah, good. definitely. Thanks, Nico. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Now, what happens when a when a a male is molested at a, a young age? Do, do they also have a, a similar developmental issue? Do they talk um, like little boys? I mean, is doesn't it di- seem likely, does it doesn't... manifest differently? Is it just that there aren't as many that are as obvious? I, uh, I, I, I imagine there's so many variables that it'd be hard to predict. Uh, well, maybe not yeah. for somebody like Dr. Drew, but uh, I certainly couldn't say. I think uh, molestation is uh, is. M- is as an attitude to, uh, of the victim to some extent. I think that you can have been molested in some way by somebody who would be, you know, like a, an aggressor. But if it if it didn't show up to you as a molestation, then it's not. Then it's not. It's yeah. your right. The molestation acceptance. has to do with unwanted sexual advances. Right. And so if so, someone would say I was molested by my 16 year old neighbor, but that's not true. I was complete. Uh, completely consenting to that activity, and there are people out there that'll just—they just can't hear me say that. They refuse to hear me say to listen to me when I tell them, yes, I was able to make those choices for myself. I absolutely well, knew what I was doing, and I did—I was able to make that uh, that conscious choice. And they say, no, 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 you didn't. It was a crime. It was a crime. What was done to you? No, it wasn't. I was involved in it. 
by choice. I, I find it very difficult to hear, too, but I've heard it so many times that I've kind of come to a, another place with it. And I, and I guess if a woman can consent to having sex with a man, then not every situation where a man's having sex with a woman is a rape. Um, then, yeah. um, then you know, a young man can have can choose to have sex with a slightly older man, and not every one of those situations is going to be a rape. I mean, it seems to me uh, that 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 has to be it has to be possible. If right? he was forty years old, it still wouldn't have changed the situation. It probably would have been. It would have changed the situation because it would have been different. Well, it would have been different, but the circumstances would have still been the same, and I still would have been making the choice. I was conscious of what choice I was making. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features free. Those features including our live streams, broadband version, a dial-up version, and more, all at listen.freetalklive.com, listen.freetalklive.com. And if you um, are... If you've been thinking about putting away a certain amount of money every uh, week or uh, bi-week, whatever, when you get your paycheck, I think that, um, you know, you, and you know what's happening with the with the economy as far as them printing all kinds of dollar bills and devaluing the currency, it might be a better idea to go with gold and or, and or silver, probably silver if you're doing it on a, a weekly basis. And Free Talk Live has stepped up to be able to help you do just that. You can go to silver.freetalklive.com. Um, and uh, check out the, the gold and silver pieces that we have there for our listeners. And call this number, 877-857-9938. 877-857-9938. It's uh, Midas Resources, the syndicate here of, uh, of our show. And they will do a layaway plan for you. You pick 20 or 25 coins. It's The shipping is the same as one as it is for 25, so you want to get like 25 and uh, you can pay on them on, uh, as you get your paycheck, and then when you're done paying, they'll send it off to you, and you can do it all over again, and it's a great way to put money aside. Silver.freetalklive.com. All right, I've got a, an, an, I guess it's a, a lengthy story here that I think is very good by Alfred Scharinger over at the Campaign for Liberty. And he's a former citizen of Austria who has had some a lot of experience. He's an elder, uh, older gentleman who was actually involved as a government bureaucrat over there. So it's interesting hearing from people that have seen tyranny elsewhere and looking at their perspective of what's happening here in this country today from where they've been and and what they've seen in their lives. And that's what he's going to share with us here. When I heard President Obama announce the universal health care system will save us money, I knew I had to speak up. I have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the experience to speak to this controversial subject. It's imperative that Americans be informed by an independent person with nothing to gain, someone who actually has worked in government-run healthcare systems, such as what might soon be forced upon us. Here's the insider's truth of what's going on with any government bureaucracy. I spent six years working for the Krankenkasse, an Austrian state-operated healthcare system, which was enough for me to yearn for freedom, even with the uncertainties and risks that come with free choice. 
During my employment, there were about 900,000 policyholders and about 600 government clerks. After arriving in the U.S. as a legal immigrant, I went to work for a small insurance agency selling health, life, and loss of income policies. One day, our boss invited us to visit the company headquarters. I expected a huge building like the one in Austria. And I couldn't believe it when we stepped in front of a couple of bungalows and the boss said, this is it. I knew that our company had about 800,000 policyholders. So he originally had worked for, for a company that had not, or for the government, had uh, they had 900,000. Was this possible? 70 private workers doing the same work as 600 public clerks in Austria? Sounds right. Just by chance, I'd brought one of my client's claim forms in hopes of expediting it and gave it to one of the clerks to process. Two hours later, the same clerk handed me a check. I almost fainted. It would have taken at least five days to get three and three signatures to get a check from the Krankenkass. When I left school, I got a job with the Austrian government because my father knew somebody high up in the bureaucracy. I had to share my desk with another worker and help her with her daily load. I was eager to work and dug right in. But by 11 a.m., and we've heard this before, by oh, yeah. the way. By 11 a.m., my deskmate told me to slow down because we'd already processed all the forms for that day. Didn't that happen to your wife, Mark? Absolutely true. Um, she she uh, was was so much faster that um, than the other employees. That she'd get she'd get a little heat from them, and when she quit, she um, working for the government. She quit in September. She had done all of her work for the year. Mm. And she had so many cases left over that they, um, you know, she had done all her work and there were leftover cases enough that they were giving them out to the other um, employees so that they could make their workload, which they weren't even close to. These people weren't going to make their numbers. And if they didn't, it doesn't matter. Look, sweetie, you need to learn how things work around here. Need to slow it down. Well, in her case, her boss wouldn't have been that sort. But I mean, this kind of it, it comes from the it comes from the ground up and the top down in mm-hmm. bureaucracy. People are uh, incentivized to not produce in bureaucracy. Indeed, he went on for uh, this went on for more than a year, saying he spent most of his time roaming the building, gossiping, and sleeping in the archive room. <laughs> Since I was a certified public accountant, I was eventually promoted to revisor. Every day, I would drop in on some company unannounced to make sure that every worker had insurance coverage. Even if a person only worked for one day, the official paperwork and application had to be sent in. Heavy fines were waiting for the offender. No, this was not the IRS. This was your basic government-run insurance. Which, by the way, the IRS, if the government program goes through... Will be uh, the one uh, enforcing it, yeah. yeah. Every year, the unions would dream up more perks for us. First, we got extra month's pay in December, and the next year, another one in July. So every year, we got 14 monthly paychecks. One year, we got 15 (laughs) paychecks because the unions arranged for a policy that paid us ahead of time. Of course, we had to show up for work at 7 a.m. every day, but then at 1 o'clock, we were done. It took a lot of imagination, 7 to 1, and a lot of imagination to fill the empty hours. Despite all of this idle time on our hands, it wasn't long before we had automatically gotten tenure and could never be fired no matter what. Sure. Now, that's going to be clearly, you know, something that uh, the union uh, for the for a government worker is going to be working on. And it's darn close to that way in the United States. Uh, darn close. It's really difficult to get fired. And 
so therefore, what is the incentive of an employee if their uh, if their employment can't be terminated and they get automatic uh, you know longevity bonuses yep. and no it's incentive all, to work? Right, there's no incentive whatever to work. My brother, who still lives in Austria, was a big shot in charge of the Austrian railway system, but he was forced into retirement at age 55 to make room for the younger folks and supposedly to save money. He gets 90% of his former salary, plus unlimited free first-class travel for his whole family anywhere in Europe. His pension is twice as much as they pay his replacement, so now it costs the government 50% more than before. Yeah. Every three months, Austrian doctors <laughs> the government can't count. get reimbursed for each patient they treated, but the money is the same whether they treat him once or 20 times. Doctors are not permitted to make any important decisions. Instead, they refer patients to the chief arst, which is the chief doctor. This bureaucrat <laughs> has the power to say whether you are sick enough to get treatment, medication, and compensation for loss of income. And you better look the part of being sick because enforcers were lurking around corners spying on you. All of the primars had another chief, the Lentent Chief Arst. This person was the ultimate authority over life and death. People would tremble with fear when they got a letter from the primar. Will he cut my income off? Will he disallow my surgery even though my doctor told me it was necessary? Will I get that new medicine? Will they try and save my leg or just cut it off? Of course, even his decision was subject to review by a higher level, the primarius of all primars. When my mother had to see her doctor, she would pack a lunch and stand outside the doctor's office from dawn until he arrived around 9 a.m. It didn't matter when she arrived. There was already a line. The waiting room was all, always packed, and many times she sat in the office all day. Eventually, I discovered a faster way for my mother to see the doctor. When I joined a local soccer team, a teammate who happened to be a doctor said there was another entrance to his office reserved for the VIPs and friends. It was not fair to others, but it solved my mom's long waits. Years later in the 1990s, during one of my visits to Austria, my brother took me with him when he visited the government dental clinic. Little had changed. The Zahn Arst, which translates to tooth doctor, was a friend of my brother. We were invited to wait inside the laboratory, and of course, I could see a dozen people outside sitting on a bench. One by one, the dentist would call them in, poke around their mouth a bit, and say, It needs to be pulled. He then got a syringe filled with Novocaine, shoved the needle up into the gum without any preparation or pre-numbing, and then set the patient or sent the patient to wait outside. No wonder people go to a private dentist if they can afford it. Many services that Americans consider standard were not available through the Krankenkasse. For crowns and bridges or well-fitting dentures, you had to pay out of your own pocket. Most medicine, except aspirin, was not covered. Hospitals had 10 to 20 beds in one room with one or two nurses attending. If this was unacceptable, there were always private and semi-private rooms available for the paying patients. Sure, but and this is the difference between public and uh, private school in the United States. You know, people are incentivized to take what's free, and then but but the thing that's provided free has no incentive of being good, and and uh, generally gets more and more expensive and less and less and less and less quality over time. And who could pay for those luxuries when the Austrian government took more than 50 percent of your paycheck? Well, that's same here. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. Experiences from Socialized Medicine. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Perhaps out of time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff listed there that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. If you're a college-age student or you know heading into college, heading out of college, 
probably should check out libertarianinternships.com. They have uh, internships in production, journalism, state policy uh, organizations, public policy organizations on a national level. The production internships are for people in um, you know, television, new media, newspaper, that kind of thing. Um, and you can check them all out at libertarianinternships.com. You know, the job market, kind of tough. They do job placement for you. They give you a housing allowance, a stipend, uh, you know, seminars on how to get a job, seminars on, uh, you know, that relate to the kind of job you've got. So libertarianinternships.com. All right. We're sharing a story here from campaignforliberty.com with a gentleman who I'm not sure how old he is, but he's definitely been around. Uh, former, uh, formerly from Austria, working at uh, one point in his life for the government, for the government in what the government healthcare system over there. He has been on the inside, and he's not just been to Austria. He's been elsewhere around the world and has had uh, experience working and uh, experiencing from the also as a patient perspective these uh, these healthcare systems. So he knows some of the problems that are just endemic to these government-run healthcare systems. Let me continue the story here. He's talking about how uh, he was just as recently as the 1990s visiting over in Austria where nothing had really changed. He points out that uh, that the Austrian government was taking 50% of your paycheck. So while you could get private care, it was priced so expensive uh, for, for most people that they, they couldn't afford it. So they felt like they had to go with the, the government uh, option. You know, I wonder when he says that the Austrian government takes 50% of one's paycheck, I wonder um, – you know, are there municipalities there that are taking taxes on top, on of, top that? of that, Perhaps. or is that um, is that included in that? Because I don't know. It's my understanding that here in the United States that they say 50 percent, and I've heard people say, come up with numbers that are significantly higher, um, especially the, if you make more money. Um, you know, 50 percent, 60 percent, things like that of of what you uh, make goes to the government in all of its forms. And that doesn't even take into consideration the hidden taxes that you pay when, you know, corporation corporate taxes and stuff like that. When you buy something from a corporation, they're not paying the taxes. You are. Yeah, I don't know what he's including in that. He goes on to say, then again, if you knew the right doctor who was friendly with one of the primars, you might be sent to one of the many Kuransalt spas for three to four weeks with full pay. The freebies couldn't last forever. Eventually, it became clear that the money deducted from citizens' paychecks failed to cover the government's overhead. The obvious solution was to introduce a national sales tax. It started at 8%, and the last time I checked, it was over 20%. Oh, God. The government – that's been proposed here, too, by the way. And that's for health care, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, the, the national sales tax yeah. has been proposed long before health care by conservative types, by uh, you know so-called smaller government types. Anyway, he goes on to say the government was clever. They hid it in the price paid, which is also what they're proposing. It's a fat here. tax, yeah. Uh, when you buy goods or services in Europe, the price that's posted includes this tax. By now, people have long forgotten why gasoline prices are so high. That's why it costs over $2 a liter, which comes out to $7.50 a gallon. And. You thought $3 was high? The same is true in Canada, where I lived for six years. $2 a liter for gasoline. Have you ever tried to buy cigarettes or booze in Canada? The stores are government-run, so that bottle of Smirnoff that would sell for $17 in the U.S. runs $40 or more. And yet some nations are trying to adopt the Canadian system. How's that for irony? Now, not much has changed in Austria since I left to seek freedom for myself and my family. The horror stories about their healthcare system have not gone away. I visited my homeland many times and am still in touch with some friends. One of them's now the leading primarius in Upper Austria. He's tried to reform the system from the inside for years. But last year he said he's given up and was just there to get his paycheck and retire. 
You can't fight an entrenched bureaucratic system. That's why it's imperative that we prevent this travesty from happening in the United States. Most of my school friends have long since died, except for two who now live in the U.S. My friend in Canada died while waiting two years for a heart bypass operation. How and why most of my friends in Europe died is a story in itself, but certainly the system had a lot to do with it. The last two years I spent in and out of the hospitals and went through six surgeries. I can only say... Uh, I can only say there is no finer health care than right here in the good old USA. Insured or not, they take care of you, and then they make the financial arrangements. There are many agencies set up to lend a helping hand. If people are dying on the street, as Harry Reid claims, why is everybody trying to get in by hook or crook? I ask myself, why am I still alive? And the answer, I think, is that I have at least one more task to do on this earth, to make as many people as possible aware of what's coming. Fight with all your might to keep the only sane country in this world from being sucked up by the ideology of a few uninformed, misguided souls. Avoid it at all costs. He says almost every single European leader in the 1930s promised more freedom, prosperity, equality for all, a house and car for everybody, free health care, etc., etc. I know. I was there. I saw and heard the cheering crowds and smiling faces. Only a few years later, I saw the tears, the wailing, and hopelessness. But there would be no free democratic Europe if it weren't for the citizens of the good old USA rising up, uh, sacrificing 500,000 lives to free these countries from tyranny. Well, I don't know if I agree with uh, with that part, but nonetheless. Well, I, who knows how it would have turned out. One can't deny that. There is no other country that would save the world for dictatorship. Government takeover of our lives does not come overnight. It seeps in and spreads like a cancer without you realizing it. They'll never give up, but we'll introduce the same ideas over and over again under different names and forms. We need to be forever vigilant and forget party and race or color differences. Thank God I was living in America during my most recent illness. I had the finest doctors and hospitals in the world, which allowed me to live long enough to talk about my past experiences in, uh, in Austria. When I compare the care I received in Europe with what is available, it's a little confused here. When I compare the care I received in Europe, Europe with what is available in Europe, I think he meant American, one of those, it leads me to one conclusion. Government-run insurance can never, ever be as good or cost-effective as that provided by the private sector. So yet another story in the long line of stories outing the government-run healthcare system as inefficient and deadly to people. Yet, no matter how many times we tell these stories, we'll still get a call from somebody in Canada saying, Boy, I was just in the Canadian hospital the other day, and they sure did treat me great. This is great, this government health care system. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, you know, most of the most of the stories that we get are from people who are younger. Um, that's that's one thing that we found, and when you, they talk about socialized medicine, it's generally from people that that um, are younger. Yeah. And if you are, you know, from a very cynical standpoint, if you're running the government healthcare system, it seems like it's a better idea to take care of the younger people than the older people. The older people have more more things wrong with them; they cost more to take care of. The younger people are still paying taxes. The old older people are just a a drain on the system. And I, you know, these that makes sense to me. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Matt in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Uh, hi, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know that there's a lot of people in the United States who've lived, lived under socialized health care, namely military members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was in, uh, one of my friends slipped a disc in his back, and an Army doctor told him he was faking it, even though he had an MRI that showed that his spinal cord was being <laughs> crimped by this disc that he slipped while he was uh, working on the boat. What happened to him? Um, 
he had to go to an outside doctor to get pain pills prescribed to him at his own cost. And then since the military wouldn't recognize his injury, he was sent back to uh, a combat unit. And, oh, my uh, gosh. There he was medically discharged because he could no longer uh, function. But he was medically discharged without any disability because they wouldn't recognize his true disability. Okay. Wow. So uh, did he ever manage to uh, convince the military that his uh, disc was slipped? I mean, was there any kind of appeal process? I mean, because you hear about all kinds of veterans getting out with uh, with some kind of disability. What happened with him? Um, I lost t- touch with him after I got out of the Navy. Um, but I know he was in a lot of pain for a long time, and, and he fought to try and stay on the submarine. So Yeah. You can imagine that uh, if it is difficult, it was a, as much difficulty as he had trying to prove while he was in the military that he has slipped disc while in the military, that he must have had a tremendously more amount of difficulty once he got out trying to uh, you know, convince them that he got his slipped disc while in the military. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it may be over time that he might be able to convince them, but it, it seems like you'd probably just give up before you would, would convince them. Yeah, a lot of good the promises are when uh, they don't make good on them, and then what are you supposed to do about it? By yeah. that time, they've already got your money. You, the system's already in place, and you're screwed unless you happen to be able to afford some sort of private option, which, again, the more governmental in, uh, interference there is in that particular market, the more expensive the private options will become, the more out of reach. I also uh, have two quick stories, if you're interested in, about Canadian health care. we got 20 um, seconds, man. You may have to call in tomorrow at the top of the show. No problem. I'll uh, tell you my girlfriend's story. She's been trying to get a pres- uh, birth control prescribed to her since last August. She My gosh. She's faking it. She's faking being a one a, a young uh, a nubile woman. Hey, if you want call in tomorrow with your other uh, with your other story, tell us uh, or tell us that one again uh, at the top of tomorrow's show, the Saturday night show. Thanks for the call, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, and it's been Ian here with you. And Luther and Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.